0: Welcome to Valtteri Podcast, a podcast that is meant to be about Formula One, but actually isn't really about Formula One. We are in an alternate reality that's exactly the same as ours, but with one exception. A regulation change means that this Formula One season, a different wildcard team is added to every race on the calendar. This team is fully expected to finish last each week, and therefore does not have to abide by any of the rules laid out for other teams and has also provided for infinite funding. Each episode, we will meet the CEO of the team entering the upcoming race to understand how they've set up their team and how they've prepared for this one-off occasion. Interviewing them shall be your podcast host, Tim Borge, who is also the owner of this voice. Hello! For this week's Grand Prix in Barcelona, we're joined by Rachel, whose team has a name that's so long I'm not even going to bother with it now. Mucho easier. Bold of me to go Spanish for one word. I guess this race is in Spain.
1: I <laughs> know very little Spanish, but I need to learn some before I get to Barcelona.
0: Yeah, that would be a bit useful.
1: You could use that as a way into a chat. You could just say, oh, this is Rachel, she's... In the team racing in Barcelona, do you know any Spanish?
0: Yeah, and, and, I'll, and I'll keep that in as well, just because it <laughs> it wouldn't be great if people thought I came up with that myself.
1: You're welcome to it if you want <laughs> it. <mate. laughs>
0: Are you using Duolingo for that?
1: I'm I'm using Duolingo as of about a fortnight ago, but doing Ooh. German, not Spanish.
0: I've not used the the. Scary Bird App. So yeah. they're, they're both Bird Apps. Very scary Bird App. Yeah. I've not used it for quite a while. I think 2020 is like when I finished using it regularly. And then I tried to go back on a few months ago, the two days of German and didn't keep up the streak and just never got back into it.
1: Well, I'm having the problem that I haven't really done any German since I left school and finished my GCSEs. And so I don't know any of the useful words like internet or mobile phone because they didn't exist back then. Oh Which marks me as being ancient by now. <laughs> <laughs> this character started waffling on about my I It's like, you're what? It's oh, you mention mobile phone.
0: It. And now you mention it, I don't know if those words were even in our textbook when I was learning it at school. Which is incredible to think about. I just don't recall them. I also didn't pay much attention back in secondary school German, so that might also be the reason I don't recall, but baffling. Rachel, welcome to Valkyrie Podcast. Thank you. It's really nice to have you uh, here. Rachel, do you know why we've called the podcast Valkyrie Podcast?
1: No, no idea at all.
0: Good. That's the way I like it
1: with my general level of knowledge on Formula 1, so that's fine.
0: Well, that was going to be my follow-up question. In fact, any interest uh, at all in motorsport?
1: None whatsoever, um, until I heard in the rules that there might be an unlimited budget available. And at that point, I suddenly decided that there was perhaps an argument I should become a little bit interested.
0: Oh, okay. So Does this speak to a bit of a competitive streak in you?
1: Well, again... Not directly, but unlimited budgets have quite a lot of potential
0: Un- unlimited potential one might say
1: indeed, well, there are some things money can't buy you if you believe you know popular culture and sticky greetings cards come on
0: we- we're-, we're smarter than that we know it can we know it's all that matters
1: money can't buy you love, but it can buy you a hell of a lot of chocolate,
0: yeah, and drugs yeah. why is that the first thing that came to mind?
1: Because it's my drug of choice.
0: Yeah, I think no. I realize why it's the first thing that came to mind because we're recording this on four twenty. So I think I'm excused. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a valid reason why drugs. It's it's not that I'm on them, listeners. I'm, I'm not.
1: Drugs, chocolate, unlimited mm. budgets. What could go it wrong? It can
0: buy love. Money can buy love.
1: Mm, arguable. Money can buy sex, but I'm told there's a difference.
0: Yes. And I think it can by proximity to other humans.
1: Certainly can, yes.
0: Which feels like a good approximation for love.
1: I guess if you've got lots of money, you can associate with a perhaps better class of humans who might be more pleasant to fall in love with.
0: Possibly. Again, like it's an approximation. But in the same way that, you know, people approximate pi as three. Yeah. So. Is it? Is it? It's not. It's absolutely Sometimes
1: not. Sometimes the humans with all the money are not the nicest class of humans though, so I'm not sure I necessarily want to go hunting for love around them.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'll take your word for it as well because you're smart. There, there, there's an argument to be made, Rachel, that you are probably the smartest person we've had on here just based on qualifications.
1: There's also an argument to be made that I'm bright purple with yellow spots, but it's not a very good argument. <laughs>
0: Where have you heard heard that argument before?
1: I just I just made it. Oh, okay. In the way as you just declared me to be smart erroneously. I wouldn't
0: say erroneous. I'm, I'm basing it on 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 a standard in a way. You you you've got you've got a push.
1: I suppose on average, within like a ten meter radius of here, it's mostly me and the earthworms. So on average, I'm probably at least the third or fourth smart. <laughs>
0: Ever so humble. I want to hear more about this theory though that you just crafted up.
1: Which theory was that one? The am purple with yellow spots?
0: Yeah, the one.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess for the listener, we're on Zoom, so you can currently see me. You can see just how valid that argument is, right?
0: Um, yes, especially because of the blurred background that allows me. I think it emphasizes the yellow quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did it come to be? is the main question, because the purple, we all know, descendant of Barney the Dinosaur, makes sense. Um, the yellow spots is quite... Oh, yeah.
1: P- purple is great, but I felt it needed an accent colour to set it off.
0: To
1: so, you know, some people dye their hair, I dyed my face. Why not?
0: <laughs> Do you encounter many um, bees often?
1: Lots, lots, lots. yes. Yeah.
0: What's their reaction to you?
1: Disbelief. Incomprehension. (laughs) Disbelief? Yes.
0: This might sound offensive, but I'm basing it on the yellow spots thing.
1: It's never stopped you in the past, Tim.
0: It's never stopped me, no. No, I'm I'm an edgy guy.
1: Did you Um, you hear about the mathematician who specialised in 3D geometry? He was an edgy comedian in his spare time.
0: Oh... Oh, no. What was I going to say? It was going to be something about honeycomb, basically, because yellow dots.
1: And we're back to chocolate again.
0: We are back to chocolate.
1: Love a crunchy. Yeah, me too.
0: It's it's a it's a good thing I'm only vegan here. So like when I, I'm on holiday, I remove the restrictions. So last time I was in the UK, it's like ooh, crunchy every day.
1: Good choice,
0: Rachel. We need to start hearing a little bit about your team. We've talked a lot about chocolate. I wonder if chocolate is going to be part of the theme.
1: Well, it's, it's funny. Chocolate didn't come into it, but I think now perhaps it should. So that will, that will probably get added at some point. It's kind of compulsory if I'm around anyway. <laughs> um, it's not the kind of thing I tend to plan in just because chocolate happens, whatever else is going on. So initially, when you when you kind of pitched the idea to me and said, you know, would you like this place in the race? I thought it's a fantastic example of you know an opportunity for inclusivity you know life is all about taking part it's not about winning so I could I could have a team where everyone's welcome everyone brings different complementary skills to a task I thought right how can I how can I embody that in my team so I thought right I bought a milk float (laughs) on the basis I'm assuming a milk float is something that translates to Malta. Do you know the, the traditional British milk float?
0: Well, three, I... three wheels,
1: very slow, electric powered. Tends to clink as it drives along.
0: Is it the kind of vehicle that would be used to like send milk to people's stores?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's electric powered traditionally because they used to deliver milk at like three or four in the morning, so it was it was very quiet. Until they drop the milk crates. And it makes quite a lot of noise, it turns out. Very so, yeah.
0: progressive, though, to have First something car, electric powered.
1: Exactly, exactly, yeah. And you don't have to be flashy and glamorous and fussed on everyone else in life. It's about enjoying the journey. Obviously, Is
0: yours also going to be electric powered? Or are you? Oh, yes,
1: yeah, electric powered, electric powered uh, with a solar panel on the roof, because then I have infinite range clever that comes into it when i get to the tactics
0: Ooh, teasing but,
1: the second yeah, part thinking strategically here and then i'm allowed a second one right
0: technically you're allowed how many you want like there's no regulations based upon you How traditionally teams tend to have two drivers two cars we've had a mix so far of people going with one people going with two
1: no, I, I quite like my second because along with the milk float, I decided my second one would be a beer bike. <laughs> okay. You know, the kinds of things you get going around Prague with about 10 people all sitting in facing a table, drinking beer and pedalling.
0: Right, right. So
1: I, I'm, I'm going to have one of those on the basis, you know, there's room for everyone to contribute in life, share the effort, share the rewards. You know, you can stick by each other, trust your fellow human beings to to contribute to a shared sense of purpose.
0: I'm mainly familiar with um, single-seater bikes or tandem bikes with like two seats. You said it can go up to 10?
1: Yeah, yeah. so the, the beer bike concept, you get them a lot in stag-do kinds of places. Of course. Yeah, it's they seat up to 10. It's basically a table. Everyone sits around the table on stools, but under the stool is a set of pedals. And then one person is steering and everyone else pedals while they have their hands free to drink beer at the table.
0: Right, okay. I can't wait to see the and beer bike. And everybody gets
1: steadily more and more drunk, obviously, as the race progresses.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to see the beer bug trying to go around corners. That's going to be a joy I'm, to watch. I'm not
1: sure the steering on them is terribly finessed. <laughs> so all of that was my initial plan. Yeah. But then the problem is, somebody then mentioned that I didn't stand a chance of winning. You know, this extra team in the race isn't designed to, to actually be competitive. And the It doesn't is... really
0: matter. Like, of course, you're not expected to do exactly, well. Exactly, exactly. None yeah. of the wildcard teams are.
1: But the problem is, to me, just, there's a streak of my personality that's a bit of a red rag to a bull, right? I'm not a competitive person. I, you know put me in a race and I you know don't mind not winning it I'm quite proud to come last but I react really badly to be being assumed incapable or excluded on the basis of you know not being competent. Like, for example, you know, girls can't climb trees kind of stuff that, you know, that we've had to put up with for years. And um, you know, inverse peer pressure in particular really gets me. I ended up trying my first and only cigarette because somebody assumed that I wouldn't be brave enough to try it. And I thought, screw them, I will do. And I thought, oh God, that's disgusting. Why did I do that?
0: You're probably the person who quit earliest there. I've never heard of anyone trying just one cig.
1: Oh, I'm, I managed one puff of one thing. It was disgusting. But I only did it because somebody assumed that I would be too pussy to try it. And uh,
0: you proved them wrong.
1: Exactly. For so there's, there's, that, there's that competitive streak in my personality. And unfortunately, that the premise that this extra team in the race wouldn't win has thoroughly enraged me. And now I'm absolutely determined that I will win at all costs. Yeah. So that, that is now my team strategy.
0: Not only will you win, it seems you'll win while handicapping yourself, based on the choice of vehicles.
1: Well, yeah, unfortunately, the problem is I'd already bought the milk float and the beer bike. Okay. When I made this sudden change of tactics, so I'm kind of stuck with them now. I, I still think we've got tactics, we, we can make this work. Yeah. The thing you you learn from popular culture, right, that the underdog always wins, and the more underdog you are, the more impossible it is that you will lose. So I'm I'm using that as my logic. Uh, I can't find any flaws in that. Yep. Yeah, um... Exactly.
0: So we've got a milk float. We've got a beer bike. Let's start by focusing on the milk float. Yes. Initially, tell us a bit more about that.
1: So we've got battery powered milk float with the solar panel on top so we then have infinite range on that one Mm -hmm. Uh, we're not going to need pit stops which is going to be key to the strategy because obviously you know solar panel goes forever the beer bike you know we will go as long as people keep pedaling which is probably going to be until the beer runs out (laughs) i I think we're good on that one okay and that one can take pit stops if it needs to we're going to have a barman on hand in the pit to change the keg whenever we need to
0: the cake, but not the humans.
1: Well, the humans, I guess, might get so drunk they fall off at some point. But yeah. aside think... from that, they'll be fine. Their, yeah. their role isn't really to race very fast. It's mostly just to be very erratic.
0: I see. Okay, that's uh, an interesting spoiler. The
1: drunker they get, probably the better they fulfill that role.
0: I think at some point during the 191 miles of this race, they will fall off. I'd be surprised if they didn't.
1: Well, yeah, we can always prop them back on again.
0: So the beer bike won't have any like additional uh, electronic help of sorts in the same way that the milk float is going to be solar powered. Is it just no, purely no, just beer? Be,
1: it will just be pedal powered. But I think once I once I get to my my picks for the drivers, you'll you'll understand where I'm going with that.
0: I'm not sure I will because it's still pedal powered over solar powered. But I, I'm gonna trust you.
1: Plus, it doesn't matter if my second one doesn't finish, right?
0: It doesn't really matter whether they finish so, it at all.
1: Sometimes the second one, you know, crashes strategically to make the first one win. I, I So I understand from the limited amount I know about Formula One. Oh.
0: You've read up about Singapore 2008, I see.
1: Not specifically, but I, I understand the general concept of having a sacrificial cow. pornhillson and PK
0: Jr. being referred to as a cow. I did consider
1: having an actual sacrificial cow, but I thought that might get me in trouble with the animal rights folk. Yeah, is this, is that is it
0: not sacrificial lamb or is sacrificial cow a thing as well?
1: I could be getting confused. Yeah, it might be a sacrificial lamb.
0: Sa- yes, s- sacrificial um, farm animal. Yes, I guess to
1: other other farm animals are available.
0: Yes. Okay. So, Rachel, what's the team going to be called?
1: It's been influenced by our sudden change of strategy partway through the planning process. Obviously, I'd already bought the milk float and the beer bike, um, and I was half through painting them already. So when I was when I was going with the nice, lovely, fluffy, inclusive feel, I was going to have painted them all in rainbows and pride flags, and the sides were going to be covered in artworks by small children, um, just as a sign of how lovely and inclusive the team was. Obviously, then I changed direction, but it was half painted. So actually, you've got half of the original Dairy Crest livery and half painted in rainbow flags. And the team name, sort of little slogan, is also kind of half done. So what it's ended up as is Gold Crest Dairies are the friends we made along the way.
0: (laughs) I am happy that you didn't persevere all the way with children's artwork, because... I'm so, I'm sorry to anyone who has kids it is awful
1: Oh but that's half the joy of it
0: I, I don't take joy about in art in general like even in, like sorry artists I just don't understand art uh, like people who do this as a profession I don't I don't get what you're trying to do let alone with Actually no I prefer kids art cuz at least the message there is clear
1: Yeah yeah.
0: So I take all of this back. Well done for commissioning children and in, <laughs> involving yourself in child labour.
1: Yeah, Barcelona is, of course, home to some very famous artists, some of which are somewhat indistinguishable from children's art. I forgot so yeah, I M- Milk Float is half painted with rainbows and children's artwork and half in its still original rubby white livery with a milk bottle logo. And the gold crest Dairies are friends we made along the way.
0: Now, you seem to indicate the change of strategy where you started taking this more seriously. Why did that get in the way of your vehicle design?
1: Well, I think I, once once I realized that I had to win at all costs, I needed a, a change in tactics and needed to make things that have a lot more functional. So, for example, the beer bike I've I've nicked from... A tour guide in Prague, <laughs> but it's going to have a very kind of Boudica does robot wars sort of feel to it. We're going okay. to have a chariot driver steering the thing, and then lots and lots of additions like spiked wheels and oh. big punching arms, um, a caltrop dispenser. You know what caltrops are?
0: No, but I'd love to hear about uh, it.
1: They're like kind of four-pronged, sort of pyramid-shaped metal spikes, so whichever way they land, there's always a spike facing upwards to get the tyres of passing cars. There'll be a police-style stinger that extends out the bumper.
0: This is very sabotagey.
1: Oh, of course. I, I said win at any cost.
0: And the cost seems ludicrous to an extent.
1: <laughs> why, why, why Prague,
0: specifically? Why are you getting the tour bike from Prague? Are they known for their...
1: They they have a lot of them because they're a big stag dude location, I think.
0: But do they specifically have these kind of bikes, the sabotage bikes?
1: I, no, I've never seen a sabotage one. They're always meant to be quite friendly creations, but I'm, I'm going to add all these extras on. Also, my my bikers are going to have glitter glue cannons. Um And when those run out, probably just well-thrown pint glasses will do quite a lot of (laughs) damage to the competitors. And that's probably more and more likely as the race goes on and the drinkers get more and more inebriated.
0: That is a hell of a strategy, throwing (laughs) pint glasses. I assume, yeah, as the race goes on, the, the aim might get either much better or much worse. I'm not sure which. I'm guessing much worse. And it wouldn't be great to start with at the speed they're going at.
1: Yeah, the aim will probably get worse, but the glee with which they're throwing them around the place will probably increase and maybe cancel out the lack of aim.
0: How are we going to ensure that none of your other drivers are hit? (laughs) I don't think we can, can we?
1: Well, I think as as long as the, the milk float stays fairly clear of the beer bike, we should be okay.
0: Ah, yes, but the beer bike will, if I heard correctly, have 10 drivers. And if, like, the fourth one is throwing something, it might easily hit someone, like, the ninth one or something.
1: Well, I'm kind of expecting the beer bike to be towards the back of the crowd of cars and slowly picking them off from behind, whereas the milk float is going to be out front. And so th- you, you may ask how I'm going to achieve this, but... The milk- Should I
0: ask how you're going to achieve this?
1: <laughs> you can if you want to.
0: <laughs> oh, Rachel, how are you going to achieve this?
1: Well, so the milk float is going to have great big arms on either side that extend out with a boxing glove on either side. So you press the button, they just go boink and, and push your competitor off the side of the track. Oh. I'm planning on testing these on my car on the M25 because I would really love them. They would be so good for the middle lane hoggers who are the bane of my existence.
0: Oh, you're going to test them as it on your car as opposed to on yes. the milk float no, no, against existing, your car.
1: On my own existing car on my commute to work.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep you know an eye on the news.
1: Yeah. But no, the, the idea is, as as well as the sort of blinking competitors off the side of the track, the long arms are going to mean that it's impossible to overtake. So the milk float is going to start at the back because I think you said we, we start in the last grid positions, Right. Yes. So it will start at the back, but as soon as they've done one lap, then it's going to be at the front and no one can get past it. And then everyone else at some point is going to have to go in for a pit stop. And at that point, the milk float becomes first of the pack and no one can get past it. So we've got to win.
0: Hmm. There's no holes in this plan.
1: We have infinite range. They don't. That's There's true. nothing that could go wrong. And of course... If that doesn't quite work, we then also have the beer bike following up behind as agents of chaos.
0: Yes, the, the beer bike I'm sure will have a role somehow.
1: Oh yes, it will be careening all over the place. Likely taking a content roll. Covering yeah. them in glitter glue so they can't see where they're going and they crash, throwing pint glasses at them, dropping spikes under their wheels.
0: Arguably good content.
1: Absolutely.
0: Right, Rachel, tell us a little bit about the logo of Goldcrest Dairies or the friends we made along the way.
1: They have a milk bottle from the old dairy livery. The, the logo on the cars is around the point where we crossed over and stopped painting all the, the rainbows and fluffy okay. stuff. So at the moment, it's just a rather shabby-looking old milk bottle with a rainbow pride flag stuck in it
0: say, at the moment, is there an intention to, to change that or is it just going to stay like that?
1: No, we stopped focusing on what it looked like and started putting all of our effort into the destructive elements of the design.
0: Fair enough. I, I, I like the approach of saying, go fuck yourself aesthetics. We exactly. care about functionality. Yes.
1: Yeah, we, we care about how many competitors we can take out per minute. Per minute? Per minute, of course.
0: Yeah. Mm, that's not going to be a high rate because as, as soon as you've taken 20 out, then based on the fact you do need to complete the remaining laps, the, the rate will start to drop.
1: It's, so. so it's not just that if you're the last one standing, then you automatically won. You actually have to do all the laps. Do you? Oh,
0: you yes. You have to complete. Oh,
1: okay. We, we can do that. It will take a while, but we can do that.
0: Yes. Yes. Te- technically completing 90% of the race will do.
1: Right. Which
0: right. um, like the race is sixty six laps, so we're saying sixty laps should.
1: Sixty laps, yeah.
0: A quick bit of maths, it should be around three hundred ish kilometers.
1: Yeah, milk float probably covers what five kilometers an hour, so we may be there sometime.
0: You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it'll all be good.
0: I mean, no one can lap you, so.
1: Exactly.
0: That's the good bit. Initially,
1: no one can lap us, and then after a while, there'll be no one left to lap us. <laughs>
0: Are your drivers going to be wearing any helmets?
1: Well, I think probably the milk float and the beer bike will be going so slowly we don't really need helmets. Brave. And in terms of, you know, danger, everyone's going to be going so slowly behind the milk float that, you know, there aren't that there isn't that much potential for massive high speed crashes. All of the damage and destruction is going to be wreaked on the other teams and not us. This I guess probably brave. Barcelona they probably want to wear sun hats. Nasty case of sunburn would be quite unpleasant, wouldn't it? On a beer bike. It
0: is June. Any like branded sun hats? I don't. I don't imagine you're going for like Ma- maga hats. It I sounds suppose- weird to say maga.
1: Maga, yes. Yeah. I suppose we could embrace the slightly inadvertent logo choice and just go with a milk bottle with a rainbow flag in it. Okay.
0: Yeah, that that feels about. Right. And will you have any sponsors on your milk float or on the beer bike?
1: Well, I guess probably we should see if we can get any sponsorship out of Goldcrest Dairies since they're unintentionally in our livery already. Probably try and get the money out of them for that before we tell them what the tactics are going to
0: be. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know much about Goldcrest Dairies, by which I mean I know nothing, but... I'm not sure if they would see this necessarily as the boost to their reputation that it actually is.
1: I wonder if they've ever sponsored Formula One before.
0: I mean, you know, there used to be, before it's been taken over by crypto and gaming, it used to be tobacco. At some point, I imagine, the dairy industry was involved when it needed the exposure in the 1700s or something. When would the dairy industry have needed exposure?
1: Yeah, good question.
0: Which I don't think we can answer. Annoyingly, I don't have that knowledge. There
1: are some imponderables in life.
0: We'll try to figure it out as we go. For a quick break, um, and at this point, like uh, one of our sponsors will say some shit, and then we'll come back to the episode.
1: Cold, frightened, alone. Little Rocky had a childhood scarred by instability. Separated from his big brother Cliff by a crushing series of events, he found himself washed up on an English beach, tumbling helplessly in the icy waters and in real danger of sinking beneath the waves forever. Thankfully Rocky was spotted in the nick of time by a stranger and taken back to a warm and caring home. But, sadly, his experience is only too common. The beaches of Kent and Sussex play host to thousands of stories like Rocky's, and so many don't find the safety and love they deserve. The Sussex Flint Sanctuary do what they can to rescue pebbles like Rocky, but they need your help. Could you open your heart and your home to an abandoned rock today?
0: Welcome back to the podcast where we're chatting to Rachel, the CEO of Goldcrest Dairies or the friends we made along the way. I think you've broken a record for longest team name ever.
1: I like breaking records.
0: Yeah. It's only a record set a couple of races ago, only two weeks mm-hmm. ago, so very, very quick to break it again.
1: Yeah. Is I'm this... going to hold all the records by the time we're done with this, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: it's a modern phenomenon I think people going for really long names I don't think it was a common theme up until 2022 and now suddenly with this whole innovation of wildcard teams it's like, pff, or most of them with like 4 plus words
1: you've got to get your money's worth on the words haven't you
0: merch must be expensive so many letters printed out
1: yeah the hats are going to be so wide <laughs>
0: Is it actually going to be written on the hat or is it just going to be like stuck, sticking out, embossed, like the whole, um, not embossed, what is it? Like hanging on the top, like a whole um, light up thing.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, that would be good, yeah. You could have neon, what are they, neon ones where you get like the glass tubes that light up. Neon
0: neon lighting on the hats for the fans. Neon
1: lighting on the hats.
0: I can't wait to see like at least the staff wearing them. Because if if it's the the cyclists wearing them,
1: yeah, they might they might be a bit too cumbersome to actually wear on a beer bike. Yeah. So maybe we'll just sell them to the supporters as merch.
0: Yeah, I, I think yeah around around mile, and I'm gonna be generous here, around mile fifty, it might get tired to just have that over their heads. The weight yeah. of it might become a bit too yeah. much to bear. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll we'll let them just have the sun hat.
0: Yeah, but your staff, on the other hand. They'll just be sitting down for most of the time, so they can wear it, I guess.
1: Oh, by staff, you're meaning kind of pit crew people.
0: Yeah, those kind of people.
1: Why well, not? Yeah, they're not going to be doing that much sitting down.
0: Ooh, interesting. So, I assumed initially from you saying the milk flow won't necessarily need pit stops, that maybe there wasn't going to be much of a pit crew, but it seems you have a oh, different... Oh, no,
1: no, we have other plans for them. Okay, you're Let's... right. The milk float doesn't need pit stops. The beer bike might stop in now and again to for the barman to change the keg on the beer. Of course, but of other course. Other than that, they're, they're fairly self-sufficient. Won't need very much, so we can have the pit crew doing other things. So, yeah. as pit crew, we are going to have twenty grannies.
0: 20 grannies?
1: 20 grannies, yes.
0: Any specific um, grannies or like random randomly? just which,
1: whichever grannies we find wandering around on the streets of Barcelona looking spare. 20 grannies, and they're going to need to get from the pits to the uh, public conveniences fairly frequently, you know, because they're grannies, and they don't move that fast, so they're going to need a zebra crossing across the track. <sighs> Okay. The purpose of the pit crew is going to be to walk backwards and forwards across the zebra crossing in a nearly continuous stream, holding up all the competitors, dropping the knitting needles onto the track for people to run over.
0: So they're not really a pit crew; they're more just fans no, going wild.
1: They'll be going to and from the pit. That counts, doesn't it?
0: I don't think technically the FIA is allowed to stop you with this, because, you know, they, they wrote the rulebook.
1: You told me there was no rules for my team.
0: Yeah, that's what I've been told as well, but I'm a mere journalist, so... <laughs> what do I know?
1: Yeah, so, zebra crossing, Granny's as pit crew. We're also going to have a football referee. His or her job is going to be to declare some of the cars offside every time they pass. <laughs> So they so they have to go into the corner and wait for a free kick.
0: Uh, okay, now, what's a free kick in this scenario?
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, the car will be sitting and waiting in the corner for so long trying to work it out, they're going to completely lose the race.
0: Right. As opposed to just <laughs> press on and think, I'll I'm think was, about this I'm later. I'm
1: amused that, that your question is, what's the free kick and not how could a car be offside?
0: I was going to come to that. but i suppose you've beaten me to it so do feel free to answer it
1: well i mean the referee has the final dec the final decision right you you never question the ref
0: yeah i I guess i was wrong to question you in our case as well because what what do we know
1: you can can question me as much as you like but i can't overrule the ref if he says nigel mansell is offside then he is (laughs) nigel mansell's still in formula one racing right
0: he made an appearance in a Grand Prix recently, or well, a body part of his did. Um, he might somehow appear in a car. Who knows? There's plenty of retired drivers coming back.
1: You'll be telling me next Damon Hill's retired.
0: No, Dame- Damon Hill actually took part in a race this season. <laughs> so he's semi-retired. I'm yeah, he, he, to
1: know I still have my finger on the pulse. He's,
0: oh. he's got points on the board as well, Damon Hill. My next question... Is why specifically 20 grandmas?
1: Well, I guess you can only make so many cups of tea, can't you? If I had more than 20, it would start getting to be a nuisance catering for them all.
0: Okay. Again, begs the question, why 20 as opposed to like 10?
1: Well, you need to have enough that you've got a fairly constant stream across the zebra crossing. Right. And they don't walk that fast.
0: I assume what you've planned and what you're trying to like hold back a little bit so the other teams can't hear it is, is essentially you'll be allocating one grandma per car. Shh. <laughs> I'll cut that out. Yeah, cut, cut that out. Don't part worry. Don't worry. They part. won't yeah. know. But see, that's proper investigative journalism we'll have just done there. <laughs> and someone will be controlling the strategy, of course. So who is going to be your team principal?
1: Well... At this point, we, we thought we'd go with something a bit kind of Barcelona-Spanish-themed. Um, so I tried to suggest having a matador. Sadly, the person in HR misheard me and recruited a Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're actually going to have is a Labrador dressed up in a red cape, Um prancing around, trying to encourage the drivers to drive at it. And of course, you'd have to be a pretty hard-hearted Formula One driver to drive straight at a puppy.
0: Oh, it's so... going to be a puppy.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. puppy Labrador puppy. So any time a car looks like it's getting a bit uppity and trying to get round the milk float and its giant arms, the Labrador can come <laughs> wave out, it, wave its red cape. And divert off the car that's getting getting uppity.
0: Defensively, you've got everything planned out. That that much is clear. <laughs> I do question mm-hmm. the ability of a puppy to bark orders at uh, the rest of the team. Um, barking won't be a problem, but the the mm, communication maybe.
1: <laughs> well, the rest of the team will know their jobs. They'll be fine.
0: Now, is there any specific training your pit crew will be undertaking?
1: Well, the grannies are going to need to practice the zebra crossing so they can get that flawless. Um, They will probably all need eye tests to make sure that their glasses are completely incompatible with sight so that they're stumbling around and and not sort of sprinting too quickly across. Um, The barman is going to have to get very good at changing the keg on the beer bike. But other than that, I, I think it should be a fairly simple operation. Ha- having the main car not make any pit stops simplifies the pit protocols quite a lot.
0: Yes, it does. And also the idea where you clearly just have like one or maximum two tasks for each person on the pit crew, that will hopefully optimize their performance. They don't need to be thinking of much.
1: Yes, yes, exactly.
0: It makes it very clever. And the referee, any training for them?
1: Um. Well, I, I'm just going to recruit whichever, you know, top flight Premier League referee hasn't got a match that day. Draft Fair them in. But they'll be they'll come pre trained.
0: Yep. It's it's June, the season's finished, you've got your Yeah pick. So we'll...
1: Exactly. I don't anticipate a problem with that.
0: Not at all. Why wouldn't they be willing? Infinite funding, you
1: Exactly. You have if they issue. complain I'll just pay them a bit more.
0: <laughs> As is the case with every other formula one team nice to see you're blending in um
1: well on the subject of blending in so i I kind of got the impression from the little bit of reading i've done on formula one that corruption is pretty much compulsory right so
0: we don't talk about that
1: but i'm willing to listen yeah to, to fulfill my team's expectation um, I'm going to use some of my unlimited budget to bribe as many of the competitors as I can to throw the race. So that's that's one of my tactics. And probably there'll be a few of them that have a bit too much awkward integrity. But it's, but it's going to thin the field out considerably, I suspect. So I'm not sure mm. all of those 20 cars at the start are actually going to make the first lap.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose the teams with lower budgets, you're talking your Williams, your Hass will take you up on this. These are the higher budgets who still have a cost cap they need to keep to. Maybe less willing, but Gunter Steiner will eat your arm, or whatever the saying is. Eat your
1: arm. (laughs) Bite your
0: hand off. Bite your hand off. (laughs) Eat your arm.
1: (laughs) He could try eating eating my arm if he wants to, but (laughs) he's going to have to get past the and spikes on the (laughs) beer bike first.
0: (laughs) So, Rachel, you've said that there will be at least 10 drivers. Of course, mm-hmm. that's the beer bike by itself. We don't know much about the milk float, but we need to know now who the drivers are going to be.
1: The milk float first. I'm going to drive that myself. Oh, okay. Because someone's given me the chance to be a Formula One driver. Why am I not going to take that? You know, I collect slightly strange claims to fame. Yes. Having, having a Formula One win on my tab will do that. No end of good. Beer bike, I'm going to recruit whichever team won the Tour de France last year. I'm going to have a Tour de France team on there, which is why I'm not worried too much about them pedalling long distances. they they've going to be thoroughly trained. Although, just to check, no one really bothers with drug testing in Formula 1, right?
0: I assume yeah. it has to happen. Are you worried about you being...
1: Well, I'm just thinking. You know, Tour de France doesn't have the best reputation.
0: No. But, so,
1: but I'm sure it will be fine.
0: Yeah, they'll they'll be fine. What about you, though? The drug test. Oh, you, I, you? Oh, I
1: should be all right. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll, th- just, th-
1: I'll just you know ease off for a week or two beforehand.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that one puff might really bite you in the ass.
1: No, I said it was. A, I said it was a cigarette. I didn't say it was anything worse. When is the Tour de France?
0: Sorry, I'm just going to Google this. It's there. Now. Well, when? No, when? In, um, I'm curious about the time. Oh no, it's July.
1: Summertime, uh, yeah, summertime is as good as I can get on that. If you were asking me where, I was going to suggest France.
0: Yes, I, I could have assumed that. Apparently, the Basque country, though. So.
1: Oh, okay. So maybe not quite France. Yeah, it's depending on like, who you ask.
0: It's the Tour de France, which starts in Bilbao, Spain.
1: Yes. Well, to be fair, the Tour de France have not before made it to Yorkshire, so... Have they? They have, yes. Why do they call it the Tour de France? They tend, I think most of it's in France, but they do one leg somewhere else for random reasons.
0: One leg in... Is that... Hold on, do you mean the like cyclists have one leg in France and one leg simultaneously? <laughs> How big are their limbs? <laughs>
1: quite chunky, they're, they're long distance cyclists, they've got plenty of yeah. muscle. <laughs>
0: of course long distance clearly based on their body composition
1: yeah but they can they can only put the bike wheels exactly down the border so that they maintain oh, the bike in each country right, yeah
0: that's why the channel needed to be built <laughs> and that's why Andorra exists no one really knows anything about Andorra but finally we've cracked it
1: that's what it's there for, yes
0: You've mentioned a bit about your strategy already. Are there any other tactics that you haven't revealed as of yet?
1: Yeah. So we we we've got the we're bribing the competitors to get most of them to drop out. We've got standard. Milk float with the arms on. We've got the beer bike and all of its sabotage. The thing that actually enticed me into all of this was the unlimited budget. One of the things that I'm going to spend that on is buying an awful lot of satellites oh i'm going to buy and launch a bunch of satellites now notionally that's going to be for competitor surveillance because you know knowing your field of battle is is vitally important knowing your enemy and what they're up to um so i'm going to have a lot of satellites monitoring that racetrack as a completely coincidental aside they will obviously you know it'd be pretty cool having your own constellation of satellites right and you never know. Maybe they'll come in handy in a few years' time when it's time for me to try and take over the world. <laughs> Wait, no, you're going to cut that bit out, right, Tim?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I, I, didn't, ass- I didn't. Assuming you didn't get me in on the plan, obviously didn't, I will. Didn't
1: say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, less said about that one, the better. <laughs> so the back to the car with the side poking arms. We're going to have the side poking arms, super wide car, infinite range. Nothing could go wrong.
0: Nothing at all. No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. One question I do have is, you said the milk float won't need pit stops. What kind of tires is it going to be using?
1: I think usually they have sort of fairly hard rubberized tires. So they're going to be quite resistant to all of the the caltrops and the stingers and the glitter glue guns.
0: I do wonder their ability to last... 300 plus kilometers in optimal condition
1: they'll be fine, it's not like I'm going very fast, they're not going to heat up and burn out and I'm not going to be cornering wildly, so they're not going to be getting screeched around corners and skidding anywhere so, you know the the tyres on your car last more than 300 kilometers, don't they? I I don't know, I don't have a car Uh, okay, the tyres on my car last more than 300 kilometers the tyres on your push bike probably last more than that, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not worried about tyres.
0: Fair enough, you've convinced me. I'm so impressionable. And you've mentioned quite a lot of things that are going to like essentially put you against the grain. It's not stuff we usually see in Formula One. But is there anything in particular you think will make you stand out?
1: Well, I thought <laughs> probably given our livery and our tactics, we're not going to be lacking in noteworthiness. But I wanted to to have a nod to the Spanish flavour of the race. I probably mentioned the Tour de France team. I'm going to have them wearing bright red flamenco dresses and offering <laughs> castanets to to go with the theme of the, you know, being in Barcelona, making the, the most of it. Castanets in one hand, beer in the other, of course.
0: Of course. Yes.
1: And then generally in terms of standing out possibly I, I can see that there is a danger of negative publicity here so we are going to try and keep it light keep it fun keep the body count down where we can um but really the other teams aren't going to have to acknowledge their inferiority and get out of the way yeah I if think... they don't then you know on their heads be it
0: yeah I, I suspect the egos of the likes of Max Verstappen might struggle to you know acknowledge that so I assume he might be one of the first victims is there a specific rate you're looking for for um, chugs per minute?
1: No, or per hour?
0: Let's say per hour.
1: Chugs as in beer?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know of any other kind of chugs.
1: Well, I guess en- engines can chug, but oh. not, well, not, not well-tuned not not well engines. And also, I don't have an engine in this race. I'm solar-powered, so no no yeah. chugging there. So, yeah, just the beer chugging, I guess. No, no, they're free to drink as fast as they like really what could go wrong
0: are you going to encourage them to drink as fast as they can or is it going to be at their leisure
1: i suppose we could yeah we could institute some themed drinking games for them couldn't we as they (laughs) go around you know every time they cross the start line they have to down one or something
0: like formula One monopoly almost yeah yeah collect a beer as you pass go also works quite well because it's quite a capitalist sport It was a clever link that I did there. You've been quite clear so far about your confidence in at least one of your vehicles. What's your actual prediction?
1: We're we're foolproof. There is absolutely nothing that can go wrong. Completely bulletproof. Tactics are going to work. I have ultimate confidence in us. There is no other option but to win.
0: So I assume you're saying first place for the milk float?
1: Yes, first place for the milk float. Beyond that, nothing else matters.
0: So, the beer bike?
1: Oh, The yeah. beer bike. The guys on the beer bike will have had a lovely time. No one can take a <laughs> ball from them.
0: Uh, I'm just going to write lovely time as your prediction. <laughs> I don't know of many people who like cycle for 300 kilometers plus and then look back on it and say, ah, oh, it was a lovely time. But I like, guess the Tour de France team.
1: Yeah, they're, they're kind Maybe. of known for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Final question I'll be asking you. The race is in Barcelona. You'll be there throughout the race weekend. Of course, you'll be driving on the Sunday, but you've got the entire weekend. Anything you're going to get up to?
1: Yeah, I've never been to Barcelona. So I guess aside from driving the milk float, I've got the rest of the weekend to look around. I hear the Sagrada Familia is worth a look. There's lots of art museums. I can go and see whether any of the pictures are better or worse than the children managed.
0: I s- highly suspect they won't be. Because at least the children's pictures I'll say once again, clear and concise messaging.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Aside from that, there should be plenty of tapas. You can never say no to tapas.
0: Yes, I rate it as an idea. should bring a tapas onto the racing track as well.
1: We can probably serve some to the beer bikers when they come in for their pit stop.
0: Yeah, they'll need refueling.
1: Yeah, that's true, actually. The beer bike should have tapas. You can't have them cycling in Spain and not have tapas with the beer, can you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd argue you can't have them cycling for that length of time and distance and not give them any form of fuel.
1: But yeah. If it's yeah. in Spain. Tapas then. Tapas on the beer bike.
0: Okay, Rachel, we've nearly reached the end of the episode. I'm going to summarise everything you've told me about your team uh, your team is going to be called goldcrest dairies are the friends we made along the way one of your cars is going to be a milk float which is electric powered and also solar powered the other one will be a beer bike with 10 seats which is going to be i love the coining of this phrase pedal powered now the milk float won't need pit stops uh where the beer bike will need pit stops just just to refill the keg and the fuel for tapas we'll focus a bit on the milk float for now uh, design wise half of it is going to be pride flags with artwork by small children the other half or the original milk bottle livery and uh, also it's got extendable boxing glove arms coming out from the side the beer bike is going to be stolen from prague for the only reason being that's a good stag do location it's going to have chariot driver steering uh, spiked wheels, punching arms, and cold trap, amongst other things. Also, glitter glue guns, and your drivers will probably be throwing uh, pint glasses at their opponents, because they'll be drinking throughout the entire race. The logo is, well, the original milk bottle with the pride flag, and the beer bike drivers, I'm not sure about you as well, uh, will be wearing sun hats with the logo for protection, because it's Barcelona. In June. As for sponsors, just Goldcrest dairies. The pit crew shall involve 20 grandmas, whose role it will be to distract the other teams on a zebra crossing that has somehow been commissioned for this race, Uh, a referee to declare cars offside, whatever the hell that means, and a barman to constantly refill the keg and presumably provide more tapas. The team principal has accidentally ended up being a Labrador who'll be dressed in a red cape and, you know, kind of hope that it doesn't get distracted. In terms of training, the pit crew will be practicing zebra crossing, they'll be performing eye tests to make sure they have the worst class as possible, and the barman will be training in keg changing. Also, the Labrador will try to learn how to bribe competitors. As for drivers. Uh, you yourself, Rachel, will be driving the milk float and the beer bike will be driven by the Tour de France 2022 winning team. Other things you have are satellites for competitor surveillance and the Tour de France 2022 winning team will actually be dressed up in bright red flamenco dresses with castanets. And every lap, there should be a new theme um, to make sure they keep drinking quite easily heavily. Your prediction is that the milk float will finish first and the beer bike doesn't really matter as long as they have a lovely time. (sighs) Also, you're going to be going to the Sagrada Familia and art museums and having tapas. Rachel, it's been lovely to have you on the podcast. I wish you the best of luck for this weekend's race.
1: Thank you very much. I'll wave to you from the podium.
0: Cocky. (laughs) Bye. That might be the most thought anyone has put into (laughs) this podcast. Uh, Such a drive by Rachel to really make sure she gets the win at all costs. It's incredibly well thought out, and it's incredibly fun uh, for me to be joined by her um, for this Grand Prix. Uh, If you enjoyed listening to Rachel, you can follow her on Twitter. Uh, Her handle is at pyrite underscore fortune that's p-y-r-i-t-e underscore f-o-r-t-u-n-e pyrite fortune and of course you can follow the podcast on twitter and on instagram at valtteri pod and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at timoborg 13 um Thanks for listening. Uh, we're a third of the way through the season, practically. Thanks for keeping up with this so far, whatever the hell that means. Thanks for still listening, eight episodes in. Eight and a bonus episode. Does the Beth one really count? Nah. Um uh, If you have listened this far, what I want you to do is tweet a compliment to someone, not necessarily me or the podcast, just any random person. T- tweet something nice and at someone. Uh, because, uh, unrelated, but Ted Lasso finishes this week, I'm going to be a complete wreck. So I want to see some wholesome shit on my timeline, please. Uh, yeah, do that, I guess. Uh, also, remember to rate the podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you for the upcoming Grand Prix in Canada. Bye-bye.